Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the DMN One-on-One Podcast. I'm Chris Wood, Associate Editor of DMN, here today with Al DeGuido. Uh, he made news uh, as a former Epsilon CEO, uh, now President and Chief Revenue Officer at North Six Agency, PR firm that works with a lot of marketing tech. Uh, welcome, Al. Great to have you here. Great to be with you, Chris. And uh, I'll also point out just from your background, 40 years of experience building and scaling mid-size and global companies across the media, publishing, and marketing service categories, and also making news in 2005 when you sold Bigfoot. You yeah, sold Bigfoot Interactive, yeah, we sold it to uh, Alliance Data. Okay. And uh, Alliance Data used it as the foundation to create a, um, an organization called Epsilon Interactive. Uh, which ultimately became Epsilon, uh, which is in the marketing databases, integrated marketing services, digital marketing services business. And, uh, you know, they've done very, very well for themselves. Something I'd love to remember to kind of get to also is your background in email and the role that plays as well. But I think maybe uh, kind of to start, uh, kind of a 30,000 foot view of PR, you know, you come from that data background, and, and what do you think you can bring uh, to kind of this this uh, establishment at North Six? Sure, Agency? sure. I mean, I think that I'm excited to be here because, you know, I've, uh, as you said, I've been involved with, you know, everything from legacy media, billboard advertising mm-hmm. to magazine advertising and publishing, special interest magazines like the Computer Shopper magazine for Ziff Davis. So I've built, I've been around and I've touched all the different elements of the marketing mix, whether it was legacy or moving into digital tool, the digital toolkit. Now, PR. PR was always seen by me and others as kind of an appendage to the whole marketing mix, like the, you know, the, the, uh, the stepsister, the, you know, the, the, the ugly stepsister that, that, yeah, it's great to have coverage, it's a great to leverage media. But it really isn't a real deal kind of component of the overall marketing mix. I never believed that. And I think that now, as everything in the media and marketing world is accountable to the bottom line, is, is metric-driven and analytics and contribution to achieving goals and objectives, PR was a place that I wanted to say, hey, listen, there's money being spent here. It's incredibly powerful today because of the rise of the influencer in terms of the driving business outcomes for for companies let's get involved with that because i really think i can bring a direct mindset a direct you know bottom line direct mindset to pr as well and it really north six has been an organization over the last 10 years has done a tremendous job in terms of leveraging the pr assets out there and credibility assets out there on behalf of a whole host of 60 70 companies that are uh, that are all looking for some t- sort of bottom line result. You know, today there's no longer the luxury of spending money willy nilly. You just no way. Um, your CFO is walking into your office and saying, "Hey, Chris, what did we spend last month? One hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. What did we get from it?" So, PR can't can no longer kind of sit on the sidelines and not get involved in that conversation. So, I think for me. It's uh, what I bring is a, a, a kind of a zeal and enthusiasm for working with an agency like N6A, working with the assets that we use to drive business outcomes and making it much more of an integrated part of an overall marketing mix. And I mean, does it look like clients are coming to the agency? They want to see this? Yeah, I think, I think across the board. Um, especially as we've seen changes in media consumption patterns, in purchasing channels, 
uh, marketers are waking up to the fact that, you know, in the early stage of the of social media was, oh my God, you know, I've got to be up on Facebook, I've got to be on Pinterest, I've got to be on all these different platforms. And the big question was, what's it doing for me, right? Is it really, uh, is it hitting the mark? Is it driving the business? There's such an incredible focus today amongst marketers that <clears throat> in terms of accountability of media dollars being spent, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, that's, that's really kind of the focus is PR now has got to be subject to the same scrutiny. And uh, the marketer realizes that it is a primary medium to get to that influence, to start to set the stage for a lot of their different business outcomes by doing this type of work. Do you find then that in PR, is it the relationships with media outlets or is it directly on social media? Is it kind of bypassing the more legacy? It's a combination. You know, we were talking to a very you know, top 50 company this morning. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a combination of having the right narrative. If you're a brand out there today, if you're banking on the fact that you're going to get a you know a coverage in the Wall Street Journal on X day, or in the New York Times, or in your trade journals, and that's the way you're going to construct your PR uh, strategy, you're not you're going to find yourself lacking. So there needs to be a combination of a ongoing drumbeat, an ongoing strategy, where you leverage media and you leverage newsjacking and you and you leverage all the different components of PR as a foundation. This is our message. And then these special events, these awards, these uh, uh, podcasts, mm. these all these different elements are mile markers along the way. So it's it's like in any medium. If you think that you're going to run a, a, a um, commercial on the Super Bowl as your only one and only thing that you're going to do, sure. your success in the long term, the day after, is probably not going to be all that well. So I think there's a growing understanding of, of from marketers that. PR has to be an integrated strategy. It's integrated both, you know, from a from a narrative, making sure that your narrative, what are you as a company? What are you trying to do? And then using that as a foundation and having that narrative clear and then using other special events or special elements of the PR strategy just to heighten uh, performance. I mean, you mentioned events because uh, everybody's online and everyone's kind of detached, but at the same time, it brings the importance of events even more to the fore, it seems. You no know, doubt. I mean, events of all types, by mm -hmm. the way. I mean, so this is a place where, you know, people are congregating who are like-minded, who are, who are looking for information, uh, and they all congeal in these different spots, whether they're face-to-face, -face, they're online, whether they're within social the communities are built because they have a need for the same, the same kind of information. So it's leveraging both of those things. I'm someone who's always believed that, I never thought that when I was in the email days that email alone or search alone or social alone was gonna get the job done. It had to be an integrated kind of strategy. A lot of people, a lot of marketing people along the way wanted that one element to be, paid search was gonna be the, you know, the, the only thing I'd have to do or you know, paid social would be the only thing I have to do, or maybe I just have to build a website, and they'll come just magically. I never believed that. I never believed that one medium was gonna kill all the other media. It was one customer who's accessing information in a number of different ways, and you've gotta cover your bases. You gotta make sure that, you're, that you are um, focused on wherever that customer, or that reader, or that target audience touches your brand, you've gotta be there with a consistent message. You know, we, we talk a lot about there are companies that are you know, trying to build 
they're, they're going for an IPO or they're going for a funding round. They're trying to build enterprise value. They're trying to recruit shareholders. All of those things are part of a business outcome that needs an integrated strategy. PR is a, because of the, its impact to, the, to influences in the marketplace, is an integral part of that. But it all kind of works together, all focused on driving that, that business outcome. I think the big change, Chris, is that traditional legacy PR has always shied away from, well, can we really measure all of this stuff? And are there really metrics that it's we It's kind can... of really high in the awareness. Yeah. Branding. We create brand awareness and, you know, hopefully we're going to create brand preference. That's gone as far as I'm concerned. Today's marketer is going, wait a second. I have a specific objective. I have a specific outcome that I'm trying to drive towards. Show me how leveraging your media and how you as an agency leveraging that media will drive that, that, uh, that outcome and be accountable for it. Just don't walk in and say, well, we got you a lot of great coverage. Uh, did it move the needle? Did it get us more sales leads? Did it get us more revenue? Did it get us greater consideration in terms of the, the, the value of our company as we go towards an IPO or some other type of exit? Did it do that? These marketers today, there's, there's no choice but to be accountable. I mean, when you mentioned social media, do you see um, the PR side reaching out more in terms of like advertising budget and the paid side, like paid media? Yeah, because the, because the consumer on the other side doesn't see it as separate silos. Right. They see it as one continuous message from that, that company. We, we in the industry, right, we, we kind of think about things in very much in a siloed way. When you go to the other side, the consumer side, consumer side says, oh, I see advertising, I see messaging. How do those two things work together? Are they consistent from a content standpoint? Are they, are they consistent in terms of messaging? I don't want to see a marketing campaign that is not being reinforced by other messaging that's out there in the marketplace. So it's, it's, it's kind of, and, and this is, you know, we come from a world of experts. Everybody wants to be an expert in this and an expert in that. This whole idea of a integrated strategy, we've been talking about it for decades, you know, and, but, but now it's really incredibly important because the, the consumer, the, the target audience that you're aiming for, they've gotten incredibly sophisticated. They know, they know. And if you're not weaving this all together, both paid side and, and PR side together, you're missing the boat. So who is leading the charge then in terms of like controlling the message? Is it even something from the top down as high as like in your position at the head of the agency? Yeah, I mean, I think that we are. I mean, yeah. I think that someone, the, the top marketing talent is, and like I'm referencing a call we had this morning, mm. but the top marketing talent is starting, the CEO is saying, wait a second, you know, we're spending a hell of a lot of money here. And we have these really clear objectives. And you, as people within my organization mm -hmm. that manage all these different aspects, you better be all playing together. Because at the end of the day, I want to create a greater enterprise value. And I gave you combined a budget. And we're going to be, make you all accountable for how you're spending that money and how you're spending the time. And most importantly, at the CEO level, how are consumers, how, are, how are, is our target audience viewing our company? Is what we're doing in the field on all sides of this, 
bringing value to the company. Because if it's not, we need to stop doing it. Well, the measurability helps then. Exactly. And that, I think, gets into, you mentioned email before and how that's evolved, but it's still hanging around. So It's because, you know, everybody, people have for years said, oh, this is the death of email. That's the, irrelevant media is dead. That's the kind of message of all of Irrelevant. This. Irrelevant media. If you think batching, well, I'm going to spend $5 million and buy all this paid media and I'm just going to go blasting away. The consumer is said, if it's irrelevant email, I won't engage. If it's irrelevant social, I won't engage. If it's irrelevant search, I won't engage. If I don't engage, we're not going anywhere. So, you know, irrelevant PR is dead, it is dead. Why? Because the, the consumer who's looking at that says, this messaging either resonates with me or not. I don't have the time. No, no, one, no one today has the time to, um, to uh, sp have that kind of time to spend on stuff that isn't relevant. Email has always been a, a tremendous platform. If you use it by leveraging the data that you know about the customer, right, to build messaging that is engaging. If you, if you and I have met every, you know, after 10 years, and I have all this great information about what you like, what you don't like, what you purchase, what you don't purchase, and I keep sending you kind of vanilla messaging, the brand is gonna suffer. If I understand an audience, from a PR standpoint, what they're looking for, and I look at the media that I wanna plan, and I don't feel as though that media is serving the needs of the customers that I'm trying to engage with, and I still go down that path, it's useless. Because, like I said, what has changed dramatically is the consumer has gotten to be so sophisticated and so intolerant of, of uh, what we used to call a spam, right? I mean, okay, the, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so do you find, we're, obviously with your clientele in the tech space, right? I mean, CEOs are hip to that. Right. 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 Uh, but I mean, w what are some of your thoughts just about kind of like the resistance to moving forward in this way? In, 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 in moving, I think the resistance is starting to come down, it break is. down. Oh, yeah. Because there's no choice. Mm -hmm. If you're a tech company and you have an application and you understand who your target audience is and you're not making a compelling case beyond features and functionality mm -hmm. as to why your package is more compelling or more unique or more innovative than your competitors. You know, it, it, the days of we'll build it and they will come pounding at our door are over. So, and I think the smartest marketers, and the corollary for that is that the venture capital people in the right. marketplace and the private equity people in the place, in the, in, the, in the industry today, have gotten a lot more savvy about saying, oh, you really build a better mousetrap here, a really great application, but how is it that you're gonna market and how is it, from a competitive set, you're gonna do a better job in terms of engaging buyers and filling the funnel? Because it's all coming back down to dollars and cents in mm -hmm. tech, right? I mean, it's great that you have all these great features and functionality, and great that you have positioning, but you're all living in a very competitive marketplace and everything's changing in real time. So how are we going to leverage media and marketing dollars to do a better job of being more highly competitive in that arena. Um, kind of a simple question, maybe a complicated answer, maybe it's case by case, but just do you see generally the uh, money shifting more toward paid media or more toward earned? Um, I think I think I think what's if it's the, smarter. Yeah, I was going to say the smarter marketer 
does that bring value, more value? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Yeah, because I think that it is, as I said before, it's a combination between earned media and paid media. You cannot get there by paid media alone, because um, what you need is to engage with these influencers who are the who are the thought leaders, who are the people who specify brands, who look at things above and beyond paid advertising, who are respected in their industries. And what they say carries a tremendous amount of weight. It, they, I see it as more of a shift towards we're putting paid media under intense scrutiny because we're spending a hell of a lot of money here. Is there much more? Is there a more effective and efficient way to leverage the influencer model within our whatever vertical market we're dealing with to to use their their sanctioning of our product or their acceptance for a product to actually help move the needle? And how do you quantify uh, the influence of the influencers? It's it's pretty simple. If you if you understand that uh, you you're selling your product direct, you're selling your product through distribution. If you have strong call to actions, you're monitoring all those KPIs. Yep. So it's kind of like here's the status quo before we started this effort, and now let's take a look again at this uh, and see what have we driven more sales, have we driven more leads, have we driven more meetings? And we have a number of different clients that are in all different parts of tech, mm -hmm. that that's the way we want them. I mean, at the end of the day, they're trying to sell more product. So our relationship with them is saying, we're going to get to the influencer. The influencer is going to have influence over those who are following him or her. Mm -hmm. And those people have got to be driven with a compelling, uh, unique selling proposition to a channel of distribution where they can connect and purchase a product. Um, any surprises in your time here so far? Any surprises? <laughs> um, I think um, no. I think the the, the biggest surprise is, is has been how um, accepted accepted this conversation that we're having mm -hmm. has been. Right? It's it's kind of like the there isn't anyone that turns around and says, oh, by the way, you know, no, no, I don't want to do. I don't want to drive my business outcome. I don't want to bill share how the value. I don't want to drive revenue. I don't want to recruit better people. There's no one that says that. Uh, what they're saying now is, tell me more. Show me. Show me what you can do. You guys are really want to be accountable for helping me move the needle without whatever business outcome I'm focused on. I think the the level of acceptance on the client side has been, and the speed of accepting it has been incredibly surprising to me. And are they ready to take that from the PR side and bring it into the integrated marketing plan? I think they're starting to look at it as. Are you kind of helping usher that? We're helping usher that. I think that the. Um, they're, they're, they're no longer going to think about PR in a traditional sense. They're going to think about it from a messaging and a, a, a way to drive that messaging that is consistent with everything else they're doing as a brand. And by the way, we're being brought into conversations to look at everything else as well because they understand there needs to be consistency and integration between every message that goes out the door. So that's a pain point then. If there's an inconsistency in messaging, then right. someone just turns you off. That totally turns you off because it's, you know yourself. I mean, you you watch a, a, a podcast, you you look at printed material, you go up on social, you have different communities where you come together with people of shared uh, interest. If the messaging is not consistent, if you're featuring, if you're focusing on one area of your business over here that's not consistent with what you're doing over here, Guys like you and I are going to go, well, wait a second. I'm confused. What they is don't have their ducks in a row, exactly. so why should I bother? Exactly. If they don't have their ducks in a row, there are other players out there that have an opportunity. That's why I think it's a really great great time for 
a, a company in any vertical, in any highly competitive vertical, to to get their act together. If you get your act together before the other guy gets their act together, you have an ability to kind of rise quickly in terms of consideration set. Well, just from your standpoint in the tech space then, I mean, is there a lot of, there's obviously a lot of com competition in yep. startups. Um, is there consolidation too? Yeah, I think, I think the consolidation will be the companies who are the kind of high flyers up and coming type of people who've got significant capital behind them who will say, does a you know does one plus two equal four when they look at things from an acquisition or consolidation standpoint but there again you want to make sure that you don't lose any traction on your core mission everything has got to be mm. why did they do that mm -hmm. why would they have added that why are they transforming in that way you have to be able to uh, be very transparent in your communication as to what the benefit of all of this is the consumer sitting back is not going to looking at these companies and saying, well, they're just doing financial engineering. That's not going to work. And we've seen that in the past, right? We're going to do financial engineering. Mm. We're going to take our balance sheet and their balance sheet, and we're going to be look at, looked at as a much bigger and more compelling company. Not in the mind of the end consumer buyer. And, and also to the investor, then. And to the investor. I mean, the investor, it, it's, it's, you know, I've been around for a while, and, and watching the way investors interact with their companies... Uh, today versus what what it was you know ten years ago fifteen years ago mm -hmm. there's much more of a focus on enterprise value and how much are we spending and why are we spending this and what are we getting out of it I mean I sat in enough of those board meetings mm -hmm. where you know every every couple of months you sat down and you had to be accountable to that well the rise of integrated messaging and the rise of social media and the rise of the influencer now. Um, has kind of gotten to become front and center in those board meetings so, because there's a belief amongst investors, self-interested belief, mm -hmm. that there is a more cost-efficient and effective way to move the needle. And they're pushing their companies to look that way. Yeah, which makes me think, again, with um, earned media is more cost-efficient than because you don't have the other additional budget of... Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not easier because you have to work with a shop like ourselves and others who understand how to navigate that path. But experience and then also the labor hours. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, if you think you're going to do this by yourself, then you're just going to do you know, a public a PR release placement. That's all you're going to do. That's not a PR strategy. That's not an integrated strategy from a messaging optimization standpoint. It's not. So um, you know, there's always going to be a need for silo type of offerings. However, as I said before, this the need to have a foundational narrative about your company. Here's who we are. Um, here's what we're all about. Here's the benefit we provide to the market. Here's what makes us so compelling and so unique versus our competitive set. If you don't have that nailed down and you aren't constantly reinforcing that mm -hmm. in the marketplace, then you're going to be kind of lost in the shuffle. How often does that come up where you really have to reset with the company? Well, I mean, I think that... that What's wild about it, what makes it incredibly exciting for me and for others in this market, if you're a marketing person, this is the most exciting time to be around. Uh, yeah. yeah, because everything's happening in real time. Everything's happening in real time. And if you aren't a student of the marketplace, a student of your competition, and monitoring that literally on a daily basis, mm -hmm. and understanding and setting parameters around, well, if they do this, we're going to do that, that's the world, that's what it takes to be relevant and competitive in this market today. The, the cycles where change happened five, ten years ago were much longer. Today it's daily. 
Sure. You know, something happens in the market in the, on, the, on a global basis, someone comes out with a new and innovative way of doing things that impacts your business, you can't wait a month, two months to respond. You've got to be there. So I, mean, I think that the whole f- fabric of how marketing and how, you know, as we said, influencers and people that are involved in building value has changed dramatically. Well, and it just seems like now more people are aware of it. Oh, yeah. On all sides. Oh, yeah. Trying to bring together that consistency and that vision. Well, they're trying to leverage, you know, you saw the early stage of this is, I got all this data sitting in all these different silos, the way in which the customer touches my brand. How do we bring it together? Can we bring it together? Okay, so bringing it together is great, but the decisioning based on bringing it all together has to be in real time. I mean, now that I have all this great data and all this stuff, I now have all these trends. Okay, so now what do we do? I remember in the early days when we were doing social media monitoring, mm-hmm. we'd go into right. a customer and go, oh my God, look at all they're this, this, this sentiment. Yeah, this is what they're saying. You know what the clients would always say to us? Okay, so what do we do now? What do, we, what do you suggest based on all this data that we do as our next step? Now, it's, now that's happened, those steps and all that change is happening on a real-time basis. And you as a marketing professional need to be that you have to work at a speed and a sense of urgency that you never ever had to do before. Is it also helpful to have like uh, templates to handle some of these? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's there's core templates that you should have that handle you know a variety of different topics. Uh, but yeah, I'm not no but you must have you should have that makes it from a speed standpoint work a hell of a lot faster. But the the way the the strategy, the narrative, and kind of wargaming the narrative kind of an ongoing basis so that you can respond quickly in a very customized way. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to see vanilla mm-hmm. is, is critically important, especially in the tech space where, you know, the, the, you know, a developer could be out there and come out with something that's just like unbelievable and, and basically undermines the value proposition of other companies in the industry. Right. Well, you got to be ready for that. How are you ready for that? That is the question. Well, I, I think, is that I, the secret I, sauce? I think the secret sauce is, is Amping up the urgency level, amping up the fact that the people that are in your company that are in the marketing, messaging, PR area, they must be monitoring the competitive set, monitoring the audience preferences and, and, and what they like, what they don't like, listening to the customer on a real-time basis. They got to do it because if you, if you miss a cycle, it could be deadly. So I think that that's why we're, you know, PR is no longer a nice to have. PR is, you've got to be, you've got to be establishing these relationships with these thought leaders and not so much worried about a single tactic as something that's going to change the course of your company. Mm-hmm. You have to build that relationship with that network of thought, influ- thought of, you know, big ideas and, uh, you know, uh, influencers in your marketplace so that, that as things change, you can immediately get out there and say, well, this is what we're, you know, this is what we're talking about. I mean, we were just talking just a couple of days ago about Boeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what's going on with Boeing. Right. And since March, they've lost $27 billion in market value. Why? Well, there's, there's been a lack of and a loss of confidence at the consumer level and at the investor level of, on their aircraft. Is it true? That's TBD. Mm-hmm. But they, as an organization, have not done, I think, a good enough job of managing the narrative during a very you know, challenging time for them. So the one end narrative with the other end that you mentioned, network, yep. the, the network that gets the message out. Right. 
Right. I mean, you, you, if you know that the, the, the influencer is out there and their, their people are respecting and following them, and you don't have a relationship there, not an episodic relationship, but an right. ongoing relationship where they know you, you know them through, through, your, through agencies like N6A, mm. uh, there needs to be a reason that, that you are a thought leader for their company, a thought leader in the industry. They need to have that kind of relationship. There's a lot of industries out there where that, that opportunity is available for marketers. They just haven't stepped up in the most aggressive way yet. I think that's going to change dramatically as we move forward. Well, it's great to hear from a thought leader in data and uh, public relations. Thanks now. a lot. Uh, great speaking with you, Al. Thanks a lot for uh, coming on the podcast. Chris, it's been great to talk to you. I uh, hope you feel the passion that we feel about, about the role of what PR can do. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, just on my perspective, you know, um, I, I, we never really get to talk about the PR element, but as a journalist, it's always in my inbox. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Thanks great. a lot. Hope Appreciate to hear it. from you again. Okay.